If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's a creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can only make money from podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. If you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit thepetshelterproject.org. While every shelter pet is unique, some love a good game of fetch, others would rather snuggle together on a couch. However, there is one thing they all have in common. They're all pure love. Right now, millions of pets in shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. Did you know that only 44% of dogs and 47% of cats in American homes come from animal shelters and rescue groups? The unique qualities of each and every shelter pet add up to an incredible bond between every shelter pet and parent. So again, if you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit thepetshelterproject.org. Also brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. This holiday season, just remember, buzz driving is drunk driving. And if you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. And just so you know, some buzz warning signs or different tricks to sober up quickly that haven't worked. Eating snacks to soak up the alcohol. Drinking coffee to sober up. If you notice yourself over-texting or taking too many selfies, even over-sharing. When you spot your buzz warning sign, call a cab, car, or friend when it's time to go home. Just don't drive home. This message was brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, and welcome to Geeky Gangster. Today we are talking about toxic relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like in Fallout. Not that kind of toxic. <laughs> toxic wasteland. No, alright. Can, can I be with you in Fallout when I when the bomb hit? Right. <laughs> Not that toxic. Will you still love me when I'm radiated? Will <laughs> you still love me when I got flabby ear or flabby limb? <laughs> flabby limb. It's not ear. It's not ear, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, honey, I love you, but you have snot ear. I'm afraid to see what that really looks like, like in real life. That's gotta, like, no, I'll well, pass. No, can you, you, if you think about it, like, <laughs> you really gotta love somebody if they've got a flabby limb and snot ear. <laughs> well, I mean, in the game, there's not a whole lot of, you know. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I mean, there was obviously in the vault. There was the families that were, you yeah. know, doing their thing, and in um, what's it called, New Vegas? There was the one time that, you know, you almost get. Don't to you wish kill. you could see an extra limb grow out of somebody on a game? Like you, your your character, right? You're running around playing it, and says, "Oh no, you've been radiated because you stood in this water for thirty minutes because you were eating a sandwich," and then like you go back <laughs> and your character has like another arm growing out of their stomach, and you're like, "Not again." Disease cure. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it fixes everything. <coughs> yeah, I want to know what this disease cure is. Right. That they got we going. need that now. That's that right. miracle drug of the future. Yeah, Bethesda, you need to get on that. 
Work yeah. with the work with those researchers who have the body cams on the cat. Maybe don't work with them. They don't seem to have a lot going for them right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, can you imagine just sitting there and all of a sudden, like, you know, your limb just becomes flabby and there's like an extra one, and you're like, man, I was. So I had to actually lose one to get another. That's how that I don't works. think you're a starfish. I think it just becomes... <laughs> well, I hope not. I think, I, think I, flab I think Flabby Limb is... You know what Flabby Limb is? You know when your arm falls asleep and you go and you like go to pick it up and you just kind of whack yourself That's in the face? That's what that is. I need a disease <laughs> cure that cures shit like, you know, cancerous shit. This just could, Radiation poison. It's like a sleepy arm. Like when you just wave it around, it feels real heavy. Or like when you... You know what? I wonder if, like, snot I, ear is, like, you know, just an ear infection, like a regular ear infection. Okay. That, that but could be. you got to think the germs are radiated at that point. We are way off topic. Hold on. All right. Back to your... Wait. No, speaking of germs. Okay. Oh, Our daughter brought up a really funny conversation today. She was... <laughs> she was thrilled to find out that farts are made up of elements. This was the highlight of her day. Was it farts? It was molecules. No, she said elements. elements. Various, she, yeah, she was all excited oh. because the elements, okay. you know, could start a fire. Well, this, and in my head, I'm thinking, well, you never saw anybody light a match. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, off topic. <laughs> toxic relationships. So, I know we've both previously been in toxic relationships. Relationships that were just useless. And they cause nothing but problems. Yeah. And what I don't understand is why people go back to toxic relationships. How, how, what is the, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like running back. Oh, I'm hoping to get more mutated this time. <laughs> I think it's more of a comfort thing. How, but how is being in a toxic relationship comforting? Because... In some aspects, they were either blind to it or it wasn't happening at first. So it built up like years of like trust and routine and things like that. I think it's more routine. I think that's I think that's what it is, is they don't understand what a toxic relationship is. They just want somebody. They don't care who it is. And they're familiar with this person, so they don't have to retell a story. They don't have to... Um, pretend they already know this person either hates them or pretends to like them and still hates them and i just don't think that there's like uh, you know i think they're almost self-sabotaging is what it is well i mean i'm sure a lot of it's circumstantial too I'm sure I mean, a lot of it is laziness well that or you know finances i'm too broke to date anybody else i mean there is that part <laughs> there is that part too i mean unfortunately there are you know whether it's people who are in small communities or people who may have, you know, gotten a kid at an early age or, you know, any numerous things. Maybe yeah. even, a, you know, could even be like a, a disability with a leg or whatever. You know what Flabby I mean? Limb. Well, whatever, right. you know. <laughs> um, maybe they just have a hard time getting out and meeting people or what, you know. Maybe right. they have a social problem. I don't know. But whatever. Whatever the case may be. Um you know, it it not a lot of people can meet new people. Okay, you know? I have to I have to disagree with you. All of those things you've listed 
are reasonable explanations, but they're also a buttload of excuses. Wait, it's a butt violin, but I'm not going to sit there trying to figure out how to say it right now. <laughs> no. But it, it is literally a million excuses, especially with technology. I mean, technology these days, you can figure out, and you got to be smart, obviously, about it. I think that's where a lot of people well, yeah, laugh. and that's where a lot of, the, I mean, and it's even a trust issue. Right. I mean, how much of yourself are you willing to put out there? Because you don't want a bazillion people coming in with from broad statements being made. And the more specific you are, the more Well, you look at, like, Catfish or Craigslist or anything. Right. But I think, you know, part of the problem, too, is the the lack of I don't want to say motivation because that sounds bad but lack of no, I think it's a lack of I think it's lack of resources well, it is lack I of mean resources. because I mean think about it even if someone we're gonna take out the disability people we're not talking about disability people, no I'm just in I, general no I mean like socially awkward like people who can't like guys who can't talk to girls well, maybe you know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, you know, they weren't very popular in high school. They don't know how to approach a girl at a bar. Well, even and then Sander it, can't like, bring, bring up the bar scene. He can talk to girls, but not the ones he likes. Right, right. Yeah, like the cute ones that he's got a crush on or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the case may be. But bring up the bar scenario alone. Bars are way less crowded now because of things of technology. I mean, people are staying at home. They're streaming movies. They're able to, you know... Play on their phones, play on the video games. I think phones have a big problem with it. And yeah, even when you're out at the bar, people are just on their phones. Right. You know what I mean? Not There's even no. Anything productive. Right. Everyone's phone. just sitting there playing on their phone. No one's even playing pool, you know. Yeah. I just, I think that, you know, there's so much that, you know, I think a lot of people settle right off the bat. They just settle because they're like, well, this is. Well, and again, a lot of people don't leave a certain radius because of a comfort thing. Right. Like I said, it's a lot of it is comfort, you know. Yeah. They don't leave a certain radius. They don't, because of technology and different circumstances, yeah. people aren't meeting each other. I mean, the economy itself is making it hard for people to go out on a regular basis. And then you add to the fact that, you know, <laughs> technology. I don't think it's and, necessarily the economy. I, I think a lot of it does come down to um, just technology in general. Like, I'm, I'm all for technology. I think it's great in some aspects. The 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 changes that have been made because of technology, the medical things right. like that are great. But the little things that the, the human interaction in general, I think is missing from a lot of people. I walked into Walmart and I walked in the front doors. We didn't even get into the store yet. Yeah. And I saw five people looking down at their phones, standing in the middle of the aisle. And I know when I go in, I put my phone in my purse and, you know, I'm wandering around stuff. Occasionally I'll pull it out if I'm going to scan the price of something, you know, or look up the price of something. But it's off limits. It's off limits when I'm when I'm shopping and things like that. But it's almost like people's heads are glued down. I, I mean, there was a study saying that the people's heads are going to grow an extra neck bone right. in their neck because they're always looking down and they, their head is heavy and needs something to support it. That evolution over time is going to develop an extra neck bone. It's actually going to revert. We actually had it before. It's going to come. And it's going to go backwards, right. actually. But, yeah, right. I get what you're saying. It's going to be something that we don't have now. Right. right. It's, which is funny because I told my kids this, and uh, they uh, <laughs> they keep asking me, Does, do I have the bone yet? I don't want to have the bone. So they keep looking up at the ceiling when they play because <laughs> they don't want to get the bone in their neck. My dad used to tell me that, too, though. For real, he used to tell me to, like, play like this. Like, lay on my bed and play with my hands above my head. Yeah. Because... 
he, and just so you know, he's playing, you know, he has his hands above his head because he said like this, and I know you can't see him. Well, that's why I described it. My hands are above <laughs> my head. Like, I had to think about it for a second. I'm sorry, okay? But no, he, he used to tell me just lay in my bed and put my, you know, yeah. one, it's, you know, going to stretch your neck the opposite way that it, you're doing when you're sitting in a car doing it, right. you know? And two, it gives your arms a little bit of a workout. You try yeah. sitting there in that position for 20, 30 minutes playing Pokemon, that, right. you know, it adds up, but. Oh, I agree. But, anyway. Discipline. Discipline. <laughs> Back to the toxic relationships. Um, That's something else, though. Self-discipline. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about taking care of yourself. That's not a healthy environment. Right. You know what I mean? And if you really want to truly take care of yourself, you can go to the gym all you want. I don't give a shit. Well, if what? you're not happy and you're stressed out, yeah. that's going to play more on your heart than anything you're going to run out on that treadmill. That's true. But I, what I don't understand is how when people like us, like we're, we're, we're happily married, you know, at least I like to think so, you better say yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, where are you going? It's okay. When we give advice to people, they don't listen. Why they, would they? But that's what I don't understand. They don't listen. And they'd rather be like, nope, they're wrong. Really? How are we wrong? We're people who have been through all kinds of relationships, all kinds of different people, all kinds of different things. And when we see something that is obviously not looking like it's going down the right path and we say something, they're like, yeah, I don't want to hear it. La, 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 I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's like, right. like, why don't people take that advice into consideration and say, you know what? They might be on to something. We're not trying to be mean. We're trying to save you extra months that are you're wasting with this person when you could be out there looking for somebody who's going to suit you better. We're not trying to be mean to you. We don't want you single for the rest of your life. Right. We want you to be with somebody because you're annoying when you're single. You know? <laughs> wow. You just put it bluntly. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to guess who you're talking about. I had no idea who the fuck you're talking about. Um, no, I have no idea. Like... I guess a lot of it, again, becomes circumstantial. I mean, some people just plain up just don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Other people are in denial altogether. Yeah. You know, and then there comes a certain, you know. Well, I think the best phrase, the best phrase, you don't know her or you don't know him. I don't need to know them. I don't, I don't need to know. I could see there's certain characteristics about people. And, again, there's been studies, not by the cat people, but there's been studies that have shown that certain people, a certain type of people, have the same patterns. And, you know, yeah. the, you know they whether it's the person they're dating has that same pattern with other relationships, or they themselves have the same pattern of people that they date. And if you want to break that cycle, or maybe you just personally like being on a pity potty. Well, I mean, I know not anyone that's, you know, relevant in this conversation, but there are circumstances that people are threatening of it. You know, like I said, a lot of it is circumstantial. There's some people who are late at night when they're sitting up talking. They're sitting there saying, if you ever leave me, I will hunt you down or whatever. You know what oh, I no, mean? I don't know anybody like, like that. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> no, but that is, that is, I'm just kidding, he doesn't say that, but. Um, 
I'm sitting here like, what are you talking about? No, you don't. I just said I'll kill you if you cheat on me. That's the only thing I ever said. <laughs> but that's the that's it's the thing. a promise, not a threat. <laughs> don't note that on here, because if I ever something ever happens to me, they're immediately going to go to you. Wouldn't they anyway? <laughs> I'm married to you. Yeah, that's true. The husband's always a first suspect. <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm just I'm I'm looking at the big picture, and I'm just wondering, like, in in today's society. People are getting married later. They're having kids later. Things are happening later. I don't necessarily think it's because of career or they want to excel at this or they want to go back to school and that's why they're, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with a, like you were saying, like a comfort zone. They're comfortable being by themselves. They have this idea like, oh, one day I'm going to get married. One day I'm going to have kids and stuff like that. And they either date a bunch of losers in the meantime yeah, or... They just keep dating the same people over and over. Well, uh, again, that comes back to a certain radius, a certain routine, comfort zone, you know. Right. And, you know, it. That's, oh, that is a lot of it. You know, it really is. But <laughs> another thing you got to understand is life is a lot different now than it was 10, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... You think about the aspect of not even just, like, bills and expenses of, you know, gas and milk and things like that. But think about, you know, all the extra stress that's put on us. You know what I mean? I mean, especially my generation, okay? We came out as adults, you know, turning 18, 19, 20, whatever is our generation. And we were coming out of a shitty economy. You know, the war it was just starting to come to an end. Gas prices were high as hell. Cigarettes were high as hell. Everything was... You couldn't find a job for the life of you. Yeah. Okay. It made becoming an adult a really a difficult task for us. And then you add into the aspect of, like, the opioid epidemics and shit like that that was going on at that time. And we were losing classmates. Oh, don't get me started you know. on, on addictions. But I, no, I know. I'm that, just saying, like... But I do... You know what, though? I it, think... It, it brought a whole different world, like, you know, than... We didn't, no one was expecting any of that. We were all expecting, you know, to, some of us to go to military, some of us were going to go to college, yeah. some of us were going to go to work, whatever, and we just expected kind of life to go on. And then, like, it wasn't even a year or two before all of a sudden you're losing three, four classmates. Right. And then it becomes a yearly thing, losing five, six classmates every year. And then eventually, it was like the one year we lost, like, a whole a bunch yeah. of people we knew. And it was just really, like, you know, I remember you, you sitting out with me talking to me about it. It was just kind of like, well, what the hell kind of thing? And like, I'm, I was still trying to find myself. You know what I mean? That was when I was first found out I was going to be a dad and I was, you know, starting a new career and all this other kind of stuff. And I was just like, what is going on? You know, and yeah. like I said, in when we first turned 18, a bunch of us, a bunch of our generation um, were joining the military. And that was when we were, at, you know, at war with Iraq and Afghanistan and everything, and people were being deployed, and we didn't know which friends were going, which weren't, which were coming home. Yeah, a lot of people had older brothers and sisters, and it was just a really rough time. And like I said, in this economy, look at how expensive rent is. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you expect people to go through a daily life, and you want them to work and work overtime. You know what I mean? With all this shit going on in their lives. You know what I mean? Plus, whatever family drama, whatever else you want to right. add into it, kids getting sick, whatever. You know, these are parents, some of them, yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? And it was just a really rough time. 
I mean, the whole Medicare was a whole other issue going on at that time. You know, people couldn't find the right Medicare because they were making too much money or not enough money or whatever the case may have been. And it just, it was a really weird time to become an adult. And technology was booming, you know what I mean? And so a lot of things that we thought were going to be job-level opportunities for us ended up becoming, no, you need two years of technical college. Well, we're fresh out of high school. How the hell were we supposed to have that? Yeah. You know, they wanted experience, but no one was willing to give you experience. And it was it was just a really hard time to even just, like I said, focus on even just relationships. You know, you got all this going on, and you're supposed to try and focus on meeting someone? Yeah, but with all those different type of things that were going on, especially like the drugs and things like that, I almost feel like the toxic relationships are an addiction. Yes. The same way any other addiction would be. I feel like if you don't kick the habit and try something different, it's just going to keep happening. You're going to relapse and you're going to do it again. You're going to relapse and do it again. Well, it's the same person or the exact same type of person but a different name. You're just going to relapse and do it again. You know? Yeah. You you, you may, you know, get off whatever, meth. You may get off meth. Right. And then substitute it for heroin. And then you get off heroin, you're like, okay, I'm going to substitute it for alcohol. Substitute it for gambling. You're just, you know, you're substituting one for another, but it's still an addiction. I feel like that's what the toxic relationships are. It's just another form of addiction that without you actually detoxing yourself and getting yourself out of that environment and getting yourself away from those people, you're literally just going to keep relapsing. You're going to keep doing the same thing. You're going to keep finding that same type of drug, that same feeling that you get, and just keep doing it. Because those toxic relationships are just like a drug. You get the highs, the really great, and then the crash. And then the highs, and then the crash. And it's just so repetitive. you know. And I feel like that's what we're seeing. When we see those relationships, when we're giving that advice to people, we're not doing it to me. We're doing it as like the same thing we would do if somebody we saw who was on drugs. Okay, you know, so you know. let, let's look at this differently. Okay, and we'll use me as an example, okay? We won't go into specifics, but in my prior times, I was on all different substances, right. okay? And on top of that, you know, I was also the age of I could drink, okay? Right. Now, obviously, I still am the age where I can drink. <laughs> I am no longer on those substances, though. Right. Okay, so, and... Being that, you know, my drinking is, like, minimal compared to how I used to be. Yeah. Okay. Significantly. So, we know that that is no way in shape, form, a substitute for the prior substance. But what advice would you give someone to stay away from that substance? And as an example, like, to mix it with the relationship. You know what I mean? Like, what would be a common... Well, it's... what What would you say? You would tell somebody who is an alcoholic... Don't go to bars, right? Right. You would tell somebody who is um, trying to kick the the heroin habit or the meth habit, don't go to the drug dealer's house. Okay. Stay away from these type of friends. These friends, you need to detox yourself from these friends. Get away from that environment. When you're talking about relationships, especially if we're talking about small towns, then you, you the same premise applies. Stay out of the small town. You know, go outside of that small town. You want to find other people, you have to get out of that element. You have to 
don't look for the first thing you find. Don't right. look for that first bottle that you find. You know, don't, as soon as you see something, don't just be like, oh, I need a drink. Oh, I need that girl. You know, really take that time, you know, to say, do I really need this person or is it just because it's there? You know, and, and that's the same thing with alcohol or drugs. Oh, it's there. I'm going to do it just because it's there. Well, you don't have to, though. You know, you don't have to because you live in a small town or even people who live in big cities, you know, they go to the same place over and over to the same bar or the same, you know, whatever restaurant or club over and over again, meeting the same people over and over again. Well, if you want something different, go someplace else, you know, right. you, you're, you're creating your own insanity and then being upset about it. But you're creating your own sadness the same way the people by the time they finish that bottle. They're not happy-go-lucky. There's only sadness at the bottom of that bottle. Whether you're right. losing your friends, whether you're losing your family, whether you're losing, who you know, your job, there's sadness at the end of the bottle. You know, there's sadness at the end of the line of drugs, whether it's you're losing your loved ones to the drug or you're, you know, you're, somebody has to go into rehab and you're by yourself or, you know, they pass away because of the drug. There's always something at the end of that that's not fulfilling. Although you think it is at the time because you're doing it, you feel good when you're doing it. At the end, it's not fulfilling. And the only way to, to fix that is to take that out of the equation, whatever that is. And in some cases with dating, it's the environment that you're in. And the only way to remove yourself from those toxic people, the toxic environment, is to get out of that environment completely. And, so, and it's scary. It's scary for the people who are stopping to, you know, stop drinking. It's scary for the people who are trying to get off heroin. It's scary for the people who are trying to get off meth. It's scary for the people who are so used to living in a certain space that they're terrified to go outside of that bubble to see if there's anyone else out there for them. And they're all addicting. You know, they're all repetitive. They're all relapsed. They're all addicting. And, and that's where the problems come in, I think, for toxic relationships, because it's an addictive it's an addictive feeling. They like the high. They like the honeymoon time where everything is like, yeah, this is great. This is great. But the moment it crashes, it crashes. Right. You know, and usually it's about the same amount of time, you know, three to six months you got with, some, you know, and then you crash hard, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. That's about when it wears off. Or... Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So the fun of running around doing all these drugs or doing all this drinking or being with this person, when that crash hits, it's intense, you know, and all of those things are emotional. And that's why I think that toxic relationships are an addiction. Okay, and like what about like the on again, off again relationships? I think I, I, I those are I think those are toxic. Well no, I know, but I mean like how Especially, like, when there's, you know, kids involved. There shouldn't be an on-again, off-again where there's kids involved. There shouldn't be. That messes with the kid's head. It should be, if you're off again, you're off. There shouldn't be this back and forth confusing the kids. My parents are together. They're not together. Are they going to be together now? Are they? Not? If you're off, you're off. Whether there's kids or not, it should be done. Because if there's a reason that that relationship ended, it ended. And you could still be amicable, obviously, you know, for the kid's sake. Right. But crawling into bed with the person that you broke up with and having your kids wake up in the morning and see you guys together, making breakfast, pretending like everything's hunky-dory, so that next week you could be like, I never want to see you again, get out of my life. That's not healthy for the kids at all. Well, no. I, I agree with that. Right. And it's not healthy for the people involved. You know, you have the right to say, 
no thanks, I'm good, you know. But that's where that addiction comes in. You have the right to say to well, that. I, person, I guess what oh, I'm saying. Together with I guess what I'm saying good. is because of things like court custody, okay, and the kid's sake, you gotta have you know the job. You don't want your kid. A lot of people don't want their kids, you know, switching schools every you know three months and whatever, you know. So that being said, they may not be able to move. So they might be stuck in a certain area. You're never is in an area is one thing. That well, okay. And you that, don't have to get back together with the person because you're stuck in the area. It's a, right. it's, again, it's an excuse. I'm in the area. I might as well just get back together with them. No. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, how do you deal with like staying away from like the same patterns? Like whether it is like going to the bar, running into the same people. Like, okay, because I, you know, even some on-again, off-again things, it might be someone juggling one or two people back and forth, and they just happen to run into each other, you know, depending, oh, I'm going to stop going here, I'll start going here, and then you run into that person, you know, or, you know. You have to figure out the pattern. You have to figure out where, what you're doing, like, I won't use any names, but okay with this, but we know a person who is very predictable. Okay. And I've told you this before. Very predictable. At any given time, I can predict before this person calls what the conversation is going to be before they call. Like, as the phone's ringing, I can almost tell you to a T what the conversation is going to be about. Unless you're talking, and then I have no idea what you're going to say. But on the other end, it's, it's predictable. And with that, I can pinpoint where this person has gone or will be going. I'm not even in the same state. Okay. I can picture where they're going, where they've been, who they've been around, and what their plans are for the rest of the week. Because they are that predictable. Now, when you're that predictable, you should be able to look at your life and look at your timeline and say to yourself, ah, this is where I'm screwing up. <laughs> this is why I keep going down the same path, because I'm literally on the same path. I am... It's like making a circle and just keep going around and around and around and around and around going, I wonder how come I'm not getting anywhere uh, because you're, you know, going through one of those turns things and you just keep going around and around. You have to actually go into the store. Right, but, <laughs> okay, in all fairness, said person doesn't have kids. You know, All the like, more reason. Well, I know, but I'm just saying there's no, you know, I'm saying the, uh, when you have a kid, you have custody of a kid, right. that's something you don't want to give up. Right. Okay. And in order to do that, whether you got 50-50 custody or, you know, they got visitation or you got visitation, whatever the case may be, like, you know, okay, what if it's a guy? Like, this is kind of a little out of our friendship range, but, you know, what if there's a guy who has visitation of his kids, but he's got to live with, like, within a certain mile radius to see them? Okay. Now, just listen. Why would he but, have to live in a certain mile radius? Well, how, because cost efficient? How, what are you well, going to do, fly most, to see your kids every weekend? Most courts have 50 to 100 mile radius that you could be in. Okay, but let's think about, becomes... but let's think about like, okay, Wisconsin. Right. Okay. There is nothing but bars. Right. Okay. We, we There's no amusement parks. There's no, you know, there's like the Wisconsin Dells, which again is a lot of bars. Okay. There, that's what Wisconsin is, is yeah. drinking. And how is an alcoholic supposed to stay away from that? Because there's certain type of people who may be a stranger, but may still have that toxic 
even if it's a one night right. stand kind of you know part, you know right. that's toxic all in itself. One night stand, right? And how do you stay away from that if you're stuck in an area like that? You know, but that's what that's what I don't. That's the hardest part that I don't understand about addiction. If if a person who's not addicted to things like myself, I could drive past a bar and it doesn't phase me in the least bit. Okay. I don't think to myself, I need to go in there right now. Right. You know? Well, no. But why can't that person who has an addiction to, say, drinking or to, you know, whatever the case may be, they see the bars, drive past the bar. What's next door to the bar? Okay, it's a bookstore. may not be the most exciting thing. Or, you know, an arcade or the mall or right. something else to distract yourself for that short period of time. I mean... I wouldn't recommend a strip club because there's bars in a strip club, too. But right. in general, there's other places that you could go. In, Wisconsin is not consumed with bars. It has a lot of them, don't get me wrong. But there are other things to do, you know? Yeah. Yes, depending on the it's area. It's if you want to. That's what it comes down to. Do you want to change? Do well, you want to like, stop doing okay. these things? Let's think about, like, you know, in the middle of Wisconsin, like, out by um your... Uh, the cabin that you used to tell me about. What was that? Rice Lake? Yeah. Okay. Like, you go out there, you got to travel hours. And I'm not talking about just Rice Lake in general, but areas similar to that. You have to travel hours before you get to any kind of city now, or... Wait, and the me, same thing goes for... Let uh, me pause you for you know, one second. Here's where the difference lies, okay? My parents, when growing up, my parents didn't drink at all. Like, at okay. all. They were strict. Done. They don't drink. Never drink. When activities came about, bars or whatever, yeah, sure. My dad would go to bars, play some pool. You know, even I went with him a couple times. We went a bunch of places, you know, when we were on vacations. Never did my mom or dad say, hey, watch the kids. We're going to the bar. Or, hey, you know, I'm going to the bar for a little while. I'll be back in a little bit. Never. No, oh, we're going to bring drinks in. You know, hey, we're going to have a couple drinks. Never. I was never told to watch the kids. Hey. I'm just saying, um, the, my parents would, you know, have a couple of beers at night when watching TV. You know how kids are. You got them. They don't go to sleep right away when you tell them to. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So they would stay up, and I remember them watching shows like NYPD Blue. Yeah. And things like that. And they would have a couple beers and chit chat or whatever. And they sit on the couch and eat popcorn and drink beer. And that was just their little, their little time. Their routine. Right. right. But there's a big difference between that little routine and... Having to go to a bar. Right. The need for the bar. Right. And I think that's the big difference is can you drive past that bar? Can you can you walk past that ex-girlfriend? Can you walk past that drug dealer and say, nah, I'm good? Right. You know, the 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 want. Especially because like, want say, to, say to you change. say you work at the store, like whether it's a Walmart or a local grocery store or whatever. Yeah. And you run into said person all the time because where, where the hell else are they going to shop in the middle of nowhere? Right. You know, I mean, I mean, hell, there's, you know, and this isn't just for Wisconsin. There's places, you know, we've been to, you know, Indiana, you know, Oh, Kansas, yeah, we've been all over the country. There's Minnesota, small towns yeah. and stuff like that. Well, Washington, you know, and there's not a lot there, you know, that's, <laughs> that's where everyone goes to congregate, you know right. what I mean? And if you work here, there, you're but, bound but to but run here's, into But here's them. what people don't understand, and you and I know this because... They just we'll, say no. We're assholes. But, well, that too. But. but you don't have to talk to anybody. You can literally 
walk past a person who you don't want to talk to and not talk to them. They could say hi and you could just keep walking. Right. You know, you know that talking to them is going to lead to nothing but trouble. You just keep walking. Nine like, out let's of ten let's times use this example. Let's your use work, uh, nine out of ten times your workplace would understand if you sat down right. and explained it to them. Right. Now, let's use this example, okay? Okay. Let's say your ex-girlfriend, who we know one in particular that I don't particularly care for. All of them. All of them, but one in particular that, you know, I just have an issue with. Um, let's say she came into a store you're working at. Okay. Okay. Oh, hey, how's it going? Your immediate reaction would be, fine. What can I help with? You know, some people, you know, granted you're married, so that's an annoyed, you know, kick her ass, but that's beside the point. No. But <laughs> some people would feel the need to give hugs. Oh, how's well, it going? I, I give hugs and stuff. It gives the wrong impression. That, that's something that I don't understand because, like, you know, obviously when a relationship's over at first, you you know you're upset you're like what the hell what did i do something wrong did they do something wrong why do i feel this way you feel but who cares no well just listen i'm just saying like you know part of you depending on how long you've been with the person you feel like something's missing okay so i understand missing a person after a breakup okay but there's no one that i have broken up with that i haven't gotten over over time Okay, and I guess that's something that I can't be sympathetic towards is someone who misses something. Right. Now they, now I don't know. In some cases, it maybe they miss a feeling. You know, they miss right. having that person there. They miss having that comfort zone. And it may not be a breakup. Maybe losing a loved one. You know what I mean? Yeah. In an unfortunate matter. But I, I, that's something that I don't now, understand. Now I I can say that you know. If something ever happened between us, I could tell you I'd be devastated. Oh, yeah. We've been together for almost seven years. We're married. We have kids. We have a very strong connection, a very strong bond. If, if any, you know, anything ever happened to us, I would be devastated. Yeah. If I had somebody I was dating for three months, uh, four months, five months, even six months, and something broke us apart or whatever, I can honestly say I'd be like, well, all right, whatever. You know, but again, that's probably the bitch in me. But to me, ever like, and I've told Destiny this: relationships are nothing but a learning experience. The people you date in high school, you're not going to marry. Right. Very rarely. Granted, we're in a small town, and apparently, people out here marry their high school sweethearts. But that's a different story. Realistically, in the rest of the you know 49 states and you know 72,000 cities and stuff, um, that doesn't happen realistically, the people you're dating are your your learning experiences. They're your, here's what I like about people, here's what I don't like, here's what I want in my next relationship, here's what I don't want, want in my next relationship. The problem with these toxic relationships is they're not looking at the things that they don't want. Oh, I don't want somebody who does this, this, and this. I'm going to make sure that the next person is not like this. They're only seeing the things they want. And those things they want are masks. Those things they want are that high. And so they're only looking for that high. They're not looking at what made them crash. They're looking strictly at what makes them feel high at that time. Right. And so rather than taking that learning experience and saying, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this, they're looking at it like, I just want that drug. I just want that relationship. I don't really care who it comes from. I just want now. And that right there is where I think a lot of people fail in finding what that actual love feeling is they're feeling the high but they're not feeling love well okay now when you're talking about feeling that's a whole different level of, of a learning curve 
but just like in school, people learn differently. You some know, people don't learn at all, some, apparently. Well, then that's true. I mean, that's true, and it doesn't it doesn't matter what the subject is. I mean, there's some people who just don't understand math for the life of them. Okay, there's some people like me that I can't spell worth a shit. Thank God for spell check. Half the time, you know, the predictive thing is wrong. But, you know, thank God for spell check. I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing right. on a computer, you know. And, you know, there's, you know, some people just have a hard time. You know, some people are better with hands-on learning. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for instance, would date a lot. Or, you know, is used to working with their hands and drills and hammers and, you know, learn that way. Yeah. Learn with, you know, counting blocks. You know, that's how right. they learn math, whatever. Then there's the people who are the listeners. The people who can just listen to other people's stories, learn from their mistakes, and learn through that vicariously. And then there's the people who learn from, you know, the, the visual aspect. Right. You know, whether it's seeing their parents in toxic relationships and being like, that's what I don't want. Or seeing their parents right. in good relationships and being like, I want someone that treats me like that when I'm older. Right. You know what I mean? Or even with their friends. You know, they it may you may not necessarily be jealous of their girlfriend, but you might be jealous of what they have. Right. You know what I mean? She may not but be again, your type, but again, you might be jealous of what they have. That what they have. And, and, but, you know, and then the, he might look at that and be like, you know, I want... You know, what they, that, that connection, whether it's, you know, music or art right. or, you know, whatever. But that's where I think, that's where I think that people are flawed in, in these toxic relationships. And because when they look at somebody and think, that's what I want. I want that relationship. I want what they have. They're not looking at what they took to get there. Right. They're not looking at those previous shitty relationships that they got out of. They're not looking at the box that they went out of. They're not looking well, at those things. And sometimes, They're looking at, hey, look at that. And, I want that. And just like any addiction, sometimes it takes an intervention. Sometimes it takes people sitting down with them going, what are you doing, you slut? You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, you drunk or whatever, you know. I don't think it, that's how interventions go, but <laughs> maybe. In, in a nutshell, okay. Paraphrasing here. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing because of time here. But, uh, yeah, you, you get what I mean. You know, if some, if you see a friend who's obviously having, like, a shit ton of one-night stands and risking herself to not only, you know, physical damage of being with strangers, you know right. what I mean, but also, like, you know, health damage of anything she could catch, you know. Right. There's a lot of different things. And emotional. It's an emotional right. it's emotional damage. So you try to have an intervention with her, it's no different than you having an intervention with a friend who's constantly using a drug that you don't approve of. You know and what it's, I mean? Like I said, I'm not judgmental when it comes to what you decide to do with your life. That is up to you. Right. But I will tell you that you're an idiot. I have, you know, I'm not being judgmental as far as the help that you need. I will be there for you. Well, no. But as far as the choices that you're making and the fact that you can see the problem, but you're not willing to do anything about it, that's what I think but is stupid. But honestly, okay, if you're making like... No, no, wait a minute. Before you even go there, if you're, if you have a problem, right, and your car starts smoking, right, you stop and check to see what's wrong, right. correct? And fix the problem. Usually, yeah. Usually, right? <laughs> Call okay. for help. Call for help. Fix <laughs> right. the problem. So, Why wouldn't you do that with your own life? You see yourself smoking. Why wouldn't you stop okay. and fix the problem? And that brings up this. What if you're not smoking? What if you're making, like, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars? Like, what if you're, like, you know, what if you're... No, listen. Let's what, stop right there so I can imagine it for a second. Uh, yeah, okay. 
No, like, okay, I'm good. What, what if, you know, <laughs> what if you're well off, okay, you got a good job that's in your in your range, good flexible hours, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, okay. you've worked your way to the top kind of thing. Okay, your kids, growing up good, they're doing good, they're, you know, getting ready, you know, to graduate, whatever. Your family's fine, your relationship's fine and everything, but you like to do blow. You are past the point in your life, you're married or divorced, whatever, right. your kids are grown, Hell, if you want to be 80 years old and do blow before you hit up the bingo hall, by all means. <laughs> Steve DeFellin, who from last episode, he has it for you. Right. Okay? But at that point, you've lived your life. You've done every. If you are literally sitting at, I don't want to say a dead-end job, but a job that's literally not going anywhere, in a town that's not going anywhere, relationships that aren't going anywhere, then why the fuck aren't you going somewhere? Okay. That's what I want to know. So, is if you literally got all of these things that are going against you, and you're basically a rat in a rat wheel, just running in circles. Why wouldn't you go somewhere else and change your life? Change what you're doing. That's what I'm wondering. Is is I don't understand. And maybe it's because you and I are nobads where we're just like, you know what? Right. Time to <laughs> move. Time to move. Yeah. Speaking of which, we're thinking about getting an RV and doing a traveling podcast next year. So in case anybody wants to invest in that, we do have a GoFundMe, just saying. Besides that, though, we do have the nomad in us, you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, for us, getting up and leaving and saying, you know what? We're going to start somewhere else. It's that's not a problem for us because we know there's more to the world out there. Right. There's more people. There's more things. There's so many places. There's so many things to do and people to meet and it, it, there's just so much. But these other people are like, I like my job that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. I like this, you know, neighborhood that I'm in right now that literally I see the same 12 people and every again, single and that day. Comes down and to I like comfort. redating the same girls that everybody else in the town's already dated and stuck their dick in. That, so, that comes to a comfort thing, though. How is that comforting? How is that I not suffocating? Know. How is that comforting? How is that comforting to know that the girl you've been with has probably been with everybody in town, your job sucks, and you're literally living in a town that has everybody knows your business? Yeah. How is that comforting? How do you sleep at night and say to yourself, this is the life? This is not the life. You are literally suffocating yourself. I don't think that's what they do, though. No, they resort to alcohol and drugs. Yeah. So that's not the life. <laughs> you are literally not living life. You are living day to day, but you're not living life. You are you are literally killing yourself little by little. Well, and again, a lot of it comes down to people think they need these things. Like they they need TV, they need cable TV. They think they need things like the internet. And if anybody would like to donate, I'm going to open up a uh, rehab for toxic relationships and drug addicts. I will come detox you, no, no problem. <laughs> I will tell you what's wrong with your life and fix it. <laughs> no, I after I kidnap you. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I have to kidnap them. They can't be in the same place they're in. I'm going to put a bag over their head and kidnap them. It's going to be one of those potato sacks. I don't think we can say that. What? I got a plan. <laughs> oh, no, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Thanks. But if anybody would like realistic advice, okay? You and I are very good at advice. Now, 
we are straight shooters, though. You know, we, we do tell it very clearly what we're thinking. I know that with some people that you know, you tend to tread a little bit more like lightly because you don't want to burn any bridges and things like that. Yeah. Whereas I don't care if I burn bridges. I have friends of mine who I very clearly told them what I think. And I'm still friends with them. I'm not sure why they're friends with me, to be honest with you. <laughs> but I've been very honest with them. But, you know, there is a level of... Um, you know, it's not, it's not trust. It's not trust. Because it, trust is something that's earned over time. It's literally like slapping reality into people verbally. Like, you literally have to put everything on a table and say, here's what I see. I, I don't know what you're seeing right now because you got some beer goggles on. But let me tell you what I'm seeing because I don't have beer goggles on. This is the picture that I'm seeing. So I'm going to lay it out for you. And you let me know what this shitty picture looks like to you, okay? And I feel bad saying it because I know that, you know, these some of these people are so sweet. They are so kind. But they're so stupid to not see that well, there's so much I mean, more out there. We move around a lot because we just haven't found a place that we feel is a quite fit. You know what I mean? Like, we we can't just settle down one place. We get bored of it, whatever the reason right. may be, you know. And there's some people that view that as us as, like, you know, how do you put it? Like, you can't find that love. You know what I mean? No. Like, although we're married, we're missing the, the other part of love. Like, they might actually love a town. Like, not necessarily, like, in bumfuck Idaho. You know what I mean? But... Like, even people who live in places like, you know, New York, Chicago, you know, places that are interesting and have things to go do. Right. They might actually love where they live. Who wouldn't love those places? There's things to do. Right. So, why can't we take those people or said person who we're not going to reference and take them out of said place and move them to said town that has people? Okay, but even those people in You're those, talking about two different but things, But there's though. people in those towns... They still have a hard time meeting people. Because in those towns, you have to have more demanding jobs to pay for the things like rent. And People who live in those towns cares. make enough money to be able to afford to live in those towns. Going out is not a problem. Again, it comes down to repetition. If I'm going to go to the Red-Headed Piano Bar every single night, you're probably going to get the other same 25 people who are going to the Red-Headed Piano Bar. Okay, so let's go to this other place. If you're obsessed with going to bars to meet people, then we'll go to this other place. But there's so much culture and well, different I'm, things I'm in those places. I'm not even saying bars. Like I personally think bars are a stupid place to meet people. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, it's fake. People at bars are fake. Okay? One, they've got alcohol in their system, which when yeah. they're at a bar, they're awkward. They're loud. They put on a show because they want attention. As you're pouring rum, uh, right. <laughs> that's right. Um, they just it. The bars are a fake place to meet people. You're not going to get a real person in there. You right. know, I and I, I always say books. Well, I say you know I'm sitting here trying to think like who I know that met at a bar and their relationship worked. Right. I can't think of any. No. No. And, and Honestly, I, I can't. No. And, you know, the reason I say bookstore, I know it seems like it's just a, it's a general example for a bigger picture. But the reason I say bookstore is because if you're walking into a bookstore, 
most bookstores, there are still some around, believe it or not, there are still some around. You walk in a bookstore or a library, you're going to have the people who are at the little coffee shop over there, reading, typing, whatever. It's a lot easier to make eye contact with somebody, kind of smile, be a little flirty. Hey, what are you working on? You know, talk to each other about books or whatever magazine or what they're looking up online. You know, talk to well, about things. And it doesn't have to just, be, it could be any hobby. Right, right. You can go to Hobby Lobby and happen to bump into somebody, you know, and just start talking about that thing. What common ground, other than being an alcoholic, do you have at being at a bar? Right. Woohoo, we're both alcoholics. All right, high five. What else have we got going the on? Sports team. Sports, which, okay, and I'm going to use this loosely because I know there are a lot of females out there who are into sports. My sister's one, huge sports fan. Right. We'll sport them anytime. And she's, she's great. Right. You know, and I get that. But there are a lot of girls, and I know this from when I went to bars, there are two things that a lot of the girls at bars are fake with, sports and sexuality. They will pretend to be into a sport just to get the attention from the males at the bar, or they will pretend to be bisexual just to get the attention of the males at the bar. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. So those are the two things. They will sit there and they won't have a clue what's going on. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, my, I got myself a winner. She loves this game. This is great. No, she's just drunk as shit and will cheer for whatever team she thinks she's supposed to be cheering for. You know, you get the girl who's like, oh, oh, oh and you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to get a threesome. This girl's by. This is great. And it's realistically, she's not. She's just shit-faced and will kiss anybody who walks by her. She doesn't care if it's a pig with lipstick on. Right. She just is like, oh, look, I'm going to kiss this person. Uh, look at me. I'm by. No, you're not. You're sober up and you're going to be back to straight regretting everything you did the night before. That's pretty much what it comes down See, to. I can't relate to the sport part of that because where I come from, I'm out in the boondocks. You know, half those girls do more about football than I fucking do. You're going to fucking lie. <laughs> I didn't know shit, and they're all sitting there, like getting all technical about it and talking about the different players and shit. And I'm just like, yeah, go blue team. Were they actually getting technical, or did you just not know enough about football and they can rattle off whatever they wanted that they heard from the, some other guy? It was enough to bore the hell out of me. I walked away. <laughs> that's all I know. I ain't into but see, that. Now let's say let's let's pretend like you're single for a minute. Okay. Oh God, okay. Okay. And you get you get option A and option B. Okay. Yeah. Option A, you go to a bar. To meet a girl. Option B, you go to Comic-Con to meet a girl. Okay. Or a Wookiee. Whatever. All right. What option do you think for yourself you're going to more likely find someone who fits your criteria of your interest? So you're putting me in the same category as a dude from Paul? <laughs> you caught that to Wookiee. Okay. It was, yeah. This is beside the point. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously. No, but... It if you want to find somebody that you can connect with on a level, you're going to go to someplace that interests you. Right. Right? Drinking is great, but you can do that anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do that at home for free. You don't need to go to a bar to do it. But you go to Comic-Con, you're going to meet people with like interests. You're going to meet people who are... You go to gaming conventions. You go to any type of those things. You go hang out at Best Buy, you know? Well, and I think that's just it. And it doesn't matter. Like, some people might be a straight and narrow. So they might want someone, like, okay, we'll take the Comic-Con thing, okay? Say you got someone who's a straight and narrow, they go to Comic-Con, they meet someone that, you know, they have interest in and stuff, they want to meet up, you know, they go out for a, um, you know, they want to meet up and go to a comic book store or something one day together or whatever, right. you know? Okay, it comes to find out the dude smokes weed or something and the girl ain't cool with it. Okay, so you don't see him again. 
Right. You know what I but mean? But you met him at some place that's completely but, up. That's but now I mean. you know you like but this type then, of person. But then you can go back the next time Comic-Con comes around or whatever. Or you the know, comic book shop. Or, or whatever. Right. Like, and see someone else. You know what I mean? Like, right. It opens up different doors. Like, right. The idea is just to get out there. Like, you know, it ain't going to be the first person you meet. Right. Like, it's not. Like, I'm, you know, and, and there are some cases where people do marry their high school sweethearts or whatever. You know what I mean? But to be honest with you, that even happens more than meeting someone at the bar. Right. Honestly, I know more people who are high school sweethearts who are still married. In the drama. If somebody that you're meeting right. already has a shit ton of drama that they're dealing with. And I'm not talking about like like family stuff where they're like, oh, my, you know, my mom just passed away a couple months ago. Or, you know, I'm having car trouble. I'm just dealing with that right now. I can't come out and see you, whatever. I'm talking about like my ex-boyfriend is still involved in my life. Or my ex-girlfriend is still involved in my life. And we got all this other shit going on. We don't have any kids, but we got a lot of drama going on. And uh, so-and-so is doing this. And this person's got a conviction. And this per- you got all this extra drama. That should be your red fucking flag. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll pass. Like, why is why does everybody need this superhero syndrome where they need to be like, don't worry, I'll save you? No. Because this they, pers- they want to feel needed. They want to feel important. You know what I mean? They feel important with somebody they're, who actually they're, loves you, not somebody who's looking for a TV just, show. They're mixing the feelings, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not going to lie that, you know, I haven't seen it or even done it in some cases. You know what I mean? And... Luckily, in my case, I was like, oh, I see where this is going and back the fuck out before shit got too serious. Right. You know, but, you know, I, because I have seen it before, I was able to identify it, you know. Right. They may not be able to identify it. Again, people learn different ways. There's different learning curves. Right. But I just don't understand. The, the, the red flags are there. They are literally slapping you in the face. But what if that's that high that they're chasing? What if... What then if, admit to it. No. Say, but, I like being in these things. But, I'm not going to call up people never, and be Because they've never had someone put it that way before. What if, like, you were talking about, like, you know, whatever happened wrong in the previous one is what you're chasing in the next one, right? That's, that's right. that high you're chasing. Okay. Well, whatever happened wrong in the previous one was that you weren't able to save that person. Whether it was they did get convicted and ended up going to jail, or whether it was, you know... They fell back into a drug over to whatever they went back with an ex, whatever the case may be. Okay. The fact of the matter is you failed. So, so the next time someone comes along with a problem, there's your high. There's your Superman. There's that feeling. But the, the high that they're going to be chasing is going to get even stronger and that they're going to need more. They're going to need more drama. They're going to need more shit. And then they're going to keep coming to people saying, I guess crying that, I guess when their that, crash happens. That depends on the level of desperation. Right. Because it comes to a point when you reach a certain age where you're just like, I'm willing to fix anything to feel important. But that shouldn't be the case. No, but that... You want to fix something to feel important? I got a door that needs to be put no, back but on. Again, you want to feel you're talking about... You're, you're, <laughs> we can invite people over. You need to feel important. Come fix our door. people <laughs> who have a problem with, you know, losing that security net to begin with. You know what I mean? Whether it is, like, you know, having the same job for so long that... The bills are just on auto pay and they don't have to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, they they don't want change. I mean, look at, okay, we even know some elderly people who could very easily uh, reduce their living space. Right. And, you know, reduce the amount they're paying, reduce the amount of stress involved on them, the whole nine yards. 
but they're afraid of change. So I think so. It's all of these Even things. The, all of these things come down to being scared. Scared of change. Scared of life. Scared of the unknown. You know, that's what it comes down to. But how can you live your life, especially nowadays with this technology, how can you live your life in fear of the unknown when literally every day is unknown? A blessing, but unknown. Right. How can you live your, like, how could you wake up every day to this routine and think to yourself, this is the best I can do and be okay with that? When you know in the back of your head, you could be doing better. Oh, well, but you're too afraid to. Part of that comes down to, you know, being told that you won't amount to shit growing up. You know what I mean? And it's not even necessarily parents. It could be relatives in general. It could be people in your school, people in your job. I mean, I, I've had jobs, not all my jobs, but I've had jobs in the past before where the boss was very condescending. You know what I mean? And it makes you feel like when you finally do get something decent, like even if it's not the best job in the world, but there are people who are okay with being, well, you know, managers of a Burger King okay. or, you know, whatever, because they finally reached that manager spot. Okay, but well, what did I tell Okay, so the other day you had to go in and talk to your boss. Right. And what did I tell you? I said... Don't be scared to say what you need to say. Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? You get fired? What's the worst that's going right. to happen? Okay. You went in there, and not only did he work around what you wanted to do, he worked around your schedule that you wanted, he almost begged you to come back. Right. You know? And I'm thinking in my head is, why are people so afraid to just say, no? No. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to get back together with you. No, I'm not going to drink that. No, I'm not going to do it. What is that fear, that addiction, that fear that people are not able to, like, I'm sorry, but for Just myself. standing up for themselves. Right. Like, you're, you're talking about, you know, all these different avenues of feeling afraid and things like that. When when I look at situations, sure, I, I do a lot of planning. You know you know how I am. I do a lot of planning and playing out different scenarios in my head of which one's going to look better for me and stuff like that. But ultimately, it comes down to, yeah, I'm impulsive. I'm well aware I'm impulsive. But I'm not afraid. I'm, I've never had that fear of I'm going to fail. And I've had people tell me I'm going to fail. Right. I've had a lot of people tell me I'm going to fail, that I'm going to screw up and things like that. But I never let it get to me because in my head, I'm thinking to myself, well, fuck you too then. You know, it never affected me. And I don't know if it's because I put a shield up and I just kind of let that stuff bounce off. But to me, words are just that. They're words. They're, they're people venting out their own anger. Them saying, you can't do that because this and this and this. In my head, I'm looking at it. You just wish you could. Yeah. You, you know, oh, you can't go and do this. You can't, you're never going to get to do this. Just because you didn't doesn't mean I can't. You know, oh, you can never, you know, whatever. You, you'll you'll never be able to stop drinking. You're just an alcoholic. Um, I was told that I have an addictive personality. That I'm going to end up a drug addict and an alcoholic because addiction runs in our family. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I have an addictive personality. I don't do any drugs. I barely mm -hmm. drink. You know, occasionally I'll buy some scratcher tickets. 
maybe shopping's a little much, you know, on there. A but, little. <laughs> but, a little. But I don't have any, uh, other than maybe smoking cigarettes. That's yeah. my addiction, you know. But, and again, I've had kids, so there's that. But <laughs> um, when it when it comes down to it, I, I look at people who say, you shouldn't be doing that. You, you, you can't do that. You, you'll never do this. Things like that. I almost reverse it and say, you're saying what you can't but do. But not everyone has that mentality. But they should. Especially, like, okay, if they do learn at a different curve, okay, not all schools may teach at that curve. Right. So they may have necessarily, not that anyone was stupid, but they might have had proof right there. You're not going to amount to shit. Right there on paper. And it's just paper. I know, but they don't see that, especially at that young of an age. You know what I mean? And I know that... Well, even... Let's take Destiny, for example. Okay. We are well aware that her strong points are not math. Oh, yeah. Her strong points are, are not really science. You know, she's an artist. You know, she's a writer. Right. We understand that, you know. And... I've never told Destiny she has to come home with straight A's. I think that's absolutely ridiculous to tell any child they need to come home with straight well, A's. Well, yeah. You know, I, is, it, is it great if they did? Sure. That's great. But realistically, I know her strengths and her weaknesses. I won't let her come home with anything less than a C because I think C is an no. average. That is what I expect from her as average because I know that that's how her strength and her weakness. I'm not going to make her feel like shit because she doesn't understand See, I don't think things. we need to be so caught up on... What grade you're getting. Right. Or how much you're being paid. Okay. Let's not look at that, for instance. Let's look at, are you going up? Right. Okay. It, whether it's your grades or how much you're being paid or, you know, whatever the case may be. Let's make sure you're going up. And that includes let's, relationships at your life. If you start off getting C's, right, if you start off getting C's, living in a mediocre apartment with a mediocre job, you know, doing, you know, right. living day-to-day -day kind of thing, let's see if you can move up to living week-to-week -week and start being like, okay, I need this much for this week, this much right. for this week, and let's see if you can get it down to, like, you know, almost going to a science. But, right. then, but then you run into the problem of coming into a routine again. Right. Right. And that's why, like, with... with Destiny with her C's and stuff. It's it's very similar to relationships. I know where Destiny's strong points are in in academically her strong points. Right. And I tell her these need to remain what they are because I know you. I know right. that you're good at. But this. you need to work on what you're slacking in. Right. So the part that's missing. Right. When you're talking about a relationship, it's the same thing. Here's your strong points. These are these are your strong points. These are your good qualities. These are great. You don't have to change these. But your bad qualities, the things that are your your you're not comprehending, or the things that you're the girls that you're picking, or the guys that you're picking, those kind of things to, to you know partner up with, those type of scenarios. Those are your C's. Those are your C's and D's. Work your way up. You're not gonna. You're not gonna have a routine just because you get to A's. Doesn't mean you're in a routine. It means you need to maintain that. Right. You need to maintain just because Desi's getting A's in her classes that she's good at. Doesn't mean she doesn't have to try anymore. Oh, I'm getting A's. I don't have to try. No, you have to maintain that. 
Right. You have to keep it up. Those the ones that you got seasoned that you're now getting beaten, you keep it up. Harder. You gotta work harder. And it's impossible to get in a routine when you're doing that. Because you are literally striving well, every day for excellence at that point. And I think that's where part of the problem comes in is people fix one thing and do start slacking in other areas. Right. You know, they they don't realize that a relationship it's a lot like anything whether it's, you know, a machine, a car, or a video game, or whatever. It's not going to get better if you don't do it. It's right. better with practice. And the more you sit there and do it, and the more you work on it, the better it's going right. to be. Right, and you figure out where your weaknesses are and fix right. those, you know. We'll, we'll take Fallout, for example. I, when I first started playing, terrified to go into White Springs. Absolutely. T I would not go in there if you had begged me to just take over the controller. Nope, not happening. Right. But I found a way to get around my fear, and I got myself a jetpack, and yeah. I was good. <laughs> no, right. I'm not saying everybody can get a jetpack for life, but what I'm saying is you can find ways to work around your fears and overcome them. Right. You know, and it doesn't take, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot of work to do it. It takes a lot of work to see it. It takes a lot of work to see that you're living a sea life. When you could be living an A-life, but you have to find where the A-life is. And if the a, you're not going to find the A-life sitting in the sea world. You know, if your right. bubble is all C's, D's, F's, you're sitting around, you're literally just going to stay in that C-D-F bubble. You have to go outside of that bubble to say, hey, look, at here's where all the A's are. Why haven't I been over here? You know, what? why am I not corresponding? Why am I not interacting with the A's and B's, why am I staying with the C's, D's, and F's? Why am I staying in this rut and not working toward this? Why am I staying here? When you start asking yourself those questions, that's when your your eyes will open and you'll say, whoa, hold on. Right. <laughs> this is shithole. Like, why am I living like this? And it's not necessarily, you could be living, like you said, in a mansion with nice cars and everything else. It doesn't mean you're living an A life. It right. means you've got money. It doesn't necessarily mean you're living an A life. You're, you, when they say money doesn't buy happiness, you could buy a shit ton of stuff. It doesn't mean you're genuinely happy. Right. You know, when you are genuinely happy, whether it's the person you're with or the life that you are living and you are genuinely happy, you won't be calling people up telling them how depressed you are. You won't be posting things to try and get attention on social media about all these negative things just to get, you know, feedback. You know, you won't be looking for that, you know, what did Destiny learn the other day in school that, you know, compliment somebody without looking for uh, yeah. a, a compliment in return. Oh, you're so pretty. I wish I looked like you. Right. Well, you're just fishing for a compliment. You know, when you're happy, you don't do that. You don't need that somebody else to compliment you. You don't need that, that constant like it, it, it's just there you just know it's there and you you have it right you know and it, a lot of people are missing that and they're missing it because their life is passing it by on the outside they are sitting there on the inside of this little bubble watching life pass by on the outside because they're too afraid to go past that bubble and that's something that you can't well i mean and it could be even baby steps like okay like the first time we moved to arizona mm -hmm. okay yeah big baby step two thousand miles away well, no it's a big baby step but no i mean like okay say you're like just entering the dating scene for the first time in a long time okay mm -hmm. so me moving to a new place uh, okay that was the first time in a long time i did something like that yeah okay and i moved to arizona i had never lived in arizona before i didn't really know what to expect okay 
And to be honest with you, that first trailer park that we ended up in was not the greatest. Right. Okay. And one, at the time, it just seemed so great because it was there. Just like when you meet a new girl. Right. It just seems so great because she's just there. The right. opportunity is there. And so we took that opportunity and got the trailer. Okay. Right. Now, a couple months go by, like you said, three to six months, you realize, hey, things are starting to look shitty. So we start looking for different options. Okay. And we were like, hey, there's these apartments, a town over, that are a lot better condition, that a little bit safer of a neighborhood, you know what I yeah. mean? Like a little bit closer to the schools. Like, it seemed like a pretty decent deal. Yeah. And so we traded up. Right. Okay. And that same thing can happen in relationships. Yeah. Okay. You, when you leave in an apartment, you can't sit there crying for three months that you right. lost your apartment. Right. What, the, what are you going to do? Go underneath the... you be a hobo? Right. Like, <laughs> I lost this apartment, man. No. You can't you, just knock on the door and be like, can I just come live here again? Right. You can't have an on-again, off-again relationship with your apartment. Exactly. Like, I really like those hardwood floors. Exactly. I really did. They, you know... <laughs> that hole in the wall was really important. The washer like, and dryer was on the same level. Like, right. You know... No, it, it doesn't It doesn't work that way. You know, it, it just doesn't. And, and I think that's what, you know, the difference comes in, where it's like, you know, e okay, even after the apartment, you know, our family started to grow while we were there. We had a kid, and then we found out you're going to have another kid, and we're like, we're going to need a bigger house, you know? Yeah. And so we decided to look for a house house, you know, instead yeah. of an apartment. And that was a whole different, like, upgrade kind of thing. Again, you can't sit there dwelling on what it was. Yeah, we had a lot of great experiences. Like, and just how he might with um, someone you're dating, you might have a lot of good memories, you know, yeah. whether it was certain, you know, a certain holiday that was really nice right. or maybe they comforted you through something or whatever. Like, same thing at the well, apartment. We saw our kids take our, their first steps in right. that apartment. All right. You know what but I mean? what we learned, just like with a relation, what we learned from all these experiences was that we don't want a house and we don't want to be staying in one spot. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that's what we learned from traveling from, you know, Arizona, Kenosha, Minnesota, all, you know, everywhere between. Illinois, yeah. Illinois. Washington. We, we learned that we don't like having a house. We don't like, and it's not just us, it's our kids too. We don't like staying stationary. You yeah. Know? But that's something that we learned about ourselves and our family, and we can fix it. Okay, so we're going to try something different, you know, but it's not the end of the world. Nobody is going, nobody is going to die from a change of thought process or a change of scenery. Well, I mean, unless you move to like, you know, certain parts of California. In the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean. Unless you're looking for Wonder Woman, you're probably going to have some issues. But, you know, moving, maybe, maybe not moving to Florida during a hurricane. That's right. probably not the best idea. But nobody's really going to like you're, you, especially if you have family in a place, you know, if you're in a small town, you're like, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to a new state. I'm going to start a new life. I'm going to do it. If you still got a family, who, I mean, you know, your mom, your dad, siblings, whatever the case may be in another state, nine times out of 10, you could probably go back there if, if things don't work out. Right. You know, and be like, Hey, can I crash here for a day or two until, and I'll find a new place here. But at least give it a shot. 
you know, what, what's it, what did you say? You know, don't make a habit of that. Though. No, no, you don't want to make a habit of that. One, because no grown man wants to live with their parents. Well, yeah. <laughs> or grown woman. No. But in general, you do have that safety net, but you want to try and succeed. Not and Like I said, succeed doesn't mean money. Succeed means you want to find your place that you're comfortable. As, but be successful in that place, whether right. it's relationship, you know, job, you know, family. You want to be successful in that place. And if you're literally hitting brick walls at the place you're at, then you're not successful. You're just doing the same thing over and over. You're not being successful. That's not success. That's not moving up. That's just settling. You know, and it, I mean, if you want to settle for that, there's, I'm sure there's a toothless honey at the bar down the block that you could settle well, for be more than happy. Okay, like, no, here's, here, <laughs> here's something that I think about, like, you know, back to the experience, you know, of jobs and things like that. Okay. Yeah. At one point, when I was younger, I moved to Kentucky. Okay. And I had gotten a job where I was moving up the ranks. Okay. And I, I was rather quickly. You know what I mean? But the environment that I was in was toxic to me. Okay, so as a lifestyle choice, I decided to remove myself from where I was living. Right. Okay. Now, I lost primal opportunity that I could have had of kept moving up those ranks. But the whole thing was that I would have had to stay there. Right. You know what I mean? And that there are people who, because of that alone, stay in one specific spot. Yeah. And get used to a routine because it's easy for them to go to this place after work and get their food, go here and do this, go home do what they got to do, wake up in the morning, go to work, and do but their routine. But that's so boring. I understand that. But to them, they got a roof over their head, they got the job, they're moving up. But in where's the their life? That is their but life. But that's not a life. You're alive. Congratulations. You made it another day, you're alive. But you're not living. Okay, but people who are like workaholics, okay, like, for instance, my mom met her husband at work. Yeah. Like, my dad even at work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that, you know, came from them being workaholics. They, right. they were always there. They were always working right. like five, six days a week, you know. And there's, they, okay, we were just watching that show about the presidency. And you see these people. They don't have your your country's ran by people who don't have lives, right? You know but, what I mean. But whether you're speaking about your mom or you're speaking about that show we're watching, there's one common factor. When your mom was a workaholic, okay, at work all the time. Yeah. What do you think her emotional status was at home? Oh no, I get that. She wasn't happy, right? right? The people who were workaholics over that were watching on the show, they're not happy. They're not happy people. Okay, but... They can't hold relationships. My, my point being is that it's not just, you know, the government. It's the CEOs of places. It's, you know, you want to talk about... You're saying that 
you were reading me that article about Jeff Bezos and you know the girl he was texting or whatever, yeah. and how awkward he sounded because he had he had not interacted with someone like that in so long. Right. You know what I mean? And same thing like with the people in the show. There's uh, people we know who literally were just like working, you know, weird shifts right. and stuff for but so long that they back, never let's bring that back. had oh, social you interaction. Talk about, we'll talk about, for example, we're talking about a CEO. The fact that married 25 years-ish, maybe a little bit more, um, married 25 years, still managed to get a mistress on the side. Awkward. Obviously, my personal opinion is because he's got money, she went after him. You know, he just, he goes after the same type of relationships. Whatever the case may be, they may love each other. Congratulations. The fact is, it, they weren't happy. Yeah. You know? They weren't happy, and they put on a front for as long as they needed to, and they weren't happy. I mean, we don't know how many other affairs he had, you know. It, it, we have no idea, but he wasn't happy. Your mom, she met somebody else. She was she wasn't happy. Right. You know, she worked. She was a workaholic. You, you know, Jeff Bezos, a workaholic. You know, look at all the presidents who have had affairs. Workaholics. Right. You know, the fact is, is that they're not happy. And regardless of whether they're a workaholic or not, the aholic fits into any type of addiction. Right. They're filling that sadness with an addiction. And if they can't fill it with alcohol or drugs, because they're, oh, we don't, I don't do drugs, you're still filling it with another addiction. I'm just going to work constantly to distract myself. You know, that's what that is. It's just another form of addiction. You know, so even those same people who are workaholics, they're just trying to fill a void. You know? Yeah. There's a difference between working and doing something that you love and doing something because you need to distract yourself from life. But we'll go into that in our next episode. So I, uh, I, I mean, I can see no, like no, no, no. if you <laughs> if you have an opportunity to move up, you know, I can see staying in a spot for a particular period of time. It doesn't mean you're stuck there forever. Right. You know what I mean? But if you don't have that opportunity to move up, if you've literally gone as far as you can go, it might be time to rethink it. Right. Right. And not to mention, if you love the place you're at, like, say you're on some island. It is beautiful weather all the time. You literally could take your boat to the city and go out doing all these kinds of things. Where the and, fuck you're living. Oh, right, right, Let's right. Go. Right. <laughs> the Caribbean. Um, you, you've got this, you know... Great up, you know you're you're literally at the top of your game. Congratulations, you yeah. can stay as long as you want if you're happy there. But when it's obvious that you're not happy, but you're just too afraid to do anything about it, that's where you are failing at your own life. Right. You are literally failing yourself, and in your your. You're not doing anybody any favors. You know, I'm sticking around because, you know, my mom's here. I'm sticking around because, you know, my so-and-so needs help with this. Or my so-and-so needs help with that. Those are excuses. You're not doing anybody any favors by sticking around. You know, if, if anything, you're you're creating more enablers than anything else by, like, oh, I, I need them here. Well, you're a grown-up. You don't need right. them here. You know, you don't need me to be around you. I'm my own person. We've always, what have we told our kids? When you're old enough and you want to move somewhere else, by all means, go. 
you know, the I've got. I, I didn't got, know we gave him a choice. <laughs> no, right? They're out. Bye. They're out of the RV at eighteen. No, but <laughs> you know, on on the on the other note, side of it, you know, you get people like Destiny who are like, "Great, we're getting an RV. So when I turn eighteen, you can just drop me off in whatever state I want to be in, right?" I'm like, okay, that works. Whereas Clyde says. I'm going to get an RV, too, and park it right next to you. <laughs> Great. You know, so... We got aliens together. I'm like, all right, we, you say that now, but I expect my kids to find themselves. I don't want them to follow me around. I don't want them to live right next door to me. Sure I want them to live want their them life. I want them to be doing what I'm doing there for a living. Right. I want them to live their lives. Right. I want them to find what they're passionate about. Find the person that they're passionate about. Find, you know, whatever they want to do that's going to make them the best them that they could be. Yeah. And, and live that life. Don't sit there and be like, oh, I'm just staying here because my mom's here. I don't want you here. I love you to death, but don't make me your excuse. Don't make me your excuse because you're afraid. I, I refuse to. I will put you in this RV and drop your ass off in front of the bus stop and be like, figure it out. Figure it out. There you, go. <laughs> you are 22 years old. Get off my freaking couch. <laughs> you know. Some people need to hear that. Uh, pretty much. Pretty much. But... Anyways, um, we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, and <laughs> join us next time. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank uh, Fizo for the music that uh, has been on this episode. Uh, check out the Etsy shop, Destin, D-E-S-T-E-N, the letter D, number two, letter B, Cozy, Destin to be Cozy on Etsy. And wantedtoy.com for all your random knickknacks, which, by the way, have some awesome vintage 1985 video games. I posted some of those up. I just want to say it. I had to say it. 85 video floppy disks. Square floppy. 5.25s. Holy crap. I was so excited about finding those. Anyway. And, um... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Mad Science Print Labs in Chicago for all your print and embroidery needs. Mad, M-A-D-D, scienceprintlab.com. And, um, yeah, so, um, shoot and tug, Spartagot Sun. <laughs> <laughs>